Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tomahawk Show, which is a weekly sports podcast hosted by myself, former NFL wide receiver and Emmy-nominated media personality, Andrew Hawkins. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Joe Thomas, the future Hall of Fame tackle and budding media sensation himself. And as always, our guy, NFD, No Face Dan, the most recognizable voice in podcasting and dynamite chime inner. Is that a word? Doesn't matter. I think I think so. Yeah, we'll take it. Listen, make sure that you was a dynamite. That was a dynamite chop in right there. That was not a dynamite drop in, actually. <laughs> Listen, make sure you hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag Tomahawk and our Reddit page, Tomahawk Show. We love interacting with our fans who we've been trying to figure out a name for. Dan, how are we doing with the poll results for, for a name for our fans? The results are in. The Twitter ah. poll went up. The results are in. I love it. So we'll get to that after the open. Speaking of Reddit. It's NFL Draft Week, so we'll have special content this weekend, starting with this episode that you're listening to right now, which we'll talk about the NFL Draft. We're also hosting an Ask Me Anything on the NFL's Reddit page. So on Thursday afternoon, tune in there. You can ask us all the questions you want, and we're letting the Tomahawk Show kind of get out into the world a little bit. They've been kind of deprived of the best podcast in the history of podcasts, and it's time to branch out. What do we got coming up on the show, Joe? I'm pretty excited about that AMA we got going on here uh, on Thursday. I don't disagree. I, I love when fans get an opportunity to ask those burning questions. You know, that's the only thing that you kind of miss a little bit on a podcast. You know, we do our Q&A every week, but you lose that immediate interaction with the fans that you have, like on a radio show. So this AMA could be really fun. You know, I think when we did our voicemail, we got a few fans kind of calling in and talking trash about oh, and uh, yours truly. And of course my uh, lovely co-host, Andrew Hawkins, nobody ever talks trash about NFD. The guy's like, no, uh, they don't even uh, know who he is. He's a media darling. So this should be a lot of fun, but coming up on the show, we've got uh, a little bit of a mock draft. The Tomahawk mock draft, we're going to go back and forth. Myself and uh, Mr. Hawkins are going to draft the first 10 picks of the NFL draft. What we think should happen, not necessarily what we think will happen. Yes. Uh, But then I'm also going to talk a little bit about what I think the Browns are going to do at number one and what I think they should do at number one. Of course, we've got big news this week from Mr. Gronkowski, who uh, has taken a break from doing music videos (laughs) <laughs> dance music videos that Drunk actually dance kind of, stage videos yeah he, he's decided to take a, a mini retirement from that and come back to play for bill belichick another year and uh julio jones all of a sudden he's not as happy as he used to be in atlanta Uh-oh. He, Uh-oh. he was much happier uh being ahead by more than three scores in the super bowl and then losing apparently <laughs> uh he prefers not going to super bowls and uh, holding out so that'll be a fun conversation of course no Tomahawk Q&A, as we said, because we got the NFL Reddit AMA, and do not miss that. But without any further ado, let's get right into the Browns draft. What do we think the Browns should do here in the first round? Now, personally, I think they obviously need to get a quarterback. That's their big area of need. It's been an area of need for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's generally accepted that we believe the Browns will go quarterback with number one. Yeah. Is there any people here in the studio that think the Browns will not take a quarterback number one? I kind of – okay. So there's two ways to look at this. There's one, I think – I'll say that I think they're going to take a quarterback only because they really don't have a choice. Everyone is like, you have to get a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You need your quarterback of the future. But 
in my heart, I don't think they should take a quarterback at number one. I I think they should go either Bradley Chubb or Saquon Barkley. At number one. Here's my thought. At one. Yes, at one, because we have the fourth pick. So the Browns had the fourth pick. There's probably four or five quarterbacks, uh, arguably, that are probably around the same you know, tier. Like some guy has this, doesn't have another thing. The other guy has that. doesn't. So it's like kind of a pick your poison. It's a crapshoot with any of those guys. That being said, I think Bradley Chubb, the DN, um, is an incredible talent. I think Saquon Barkley is a once in, you know, every five-year talent and guys that could really change their position. So you imagine the Browns having Miles Garrett and Bradley Chubb chasing quarterbacks around the AFC. Now you can argue they could still be there at four because a lot of the teams are quarterback needy as well. But if you haven't decided on your guy, and most of the reports to this point have said that the Browns aren't 100% sure who they're going with, go with one of the short guys at the other positions. And then on the fourth pick, make the determination who your guy is. You know, that that's a little bit of a, a tough argument for me to disagree with because I'm not a quarterback guru. I'm not really good at looking at quarterbacks and determining who's going to be the stud of this draft. And if you do have four or five guys or even three guys that you kind of all rate equally, it's easier to mm-hmm. say, okay, let's take the guys that we really need and we want and we can evaluate and say they're going to be great like the Bradley Chubb or the Saquon Barkley. And then we'll just take whoever falls to us at four and he'll be our quarterback. Um, but I, I tend to think that the Browns with Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey, a couple guys who are noted quarterback evaluators, I think they're going to have a consensus number one guy, a quarterback, and that's why I think they will draft somebody at number one. Uh, who is a quarterback? I think it's you know I don't I just don't. They're in a position where this is going to be. Everyone's looking at him like, yo. How can you lose here? And that's the only thing they really need to avoid, is being the one who opens the door where we get two picks in the top four that do nothing for the franchise. So in my mind, you just got to go with the sure things. Like, you know, if Saquon Barkley, everyone thinks he's a stud. Everyone knows he's a stud. If you see the tape, if you've seen the combine, you know, he's a guy that it's like, dude, yes, he's going to change a franchise. And if that gets wrong, everyone's like, yeah, anybody could have missed there. With the quarterbacks, you kind of set yourself up to, you know, you go Baker Mayfield and it doesn't pan out, they'll kill you. If you go Sam Darnold, it doesn't pan out, they'll kill you. If you go Josh, they all have something where, where people are like, man, I don't know if he's the guy, you know? And again, I just think Saquon Barkley is a safe bet and Chubb is another one, a guy who can get the quarterback those are always something to build your team around. So you're saying if you're the GM, you're going to draft out of fear of failure, not out of who you actually think is going to be great at number one. You're saying, I'm going to draft Saquon Barkley or, Bar- or Bradley Chubb because I know they're going to be good, and I'm afraid that if I draft a quarterback, I really don't know if he's going to be good. And if he sucks at number one, I'm going to get fired. Yeah, no, I don't think I mean, you do that. Enough. because you have- That's fair enough. But that's, that's I mean, there is some part to that. I, I, I just say go with the short thing. like. If Saquon Barkley is a short thing and the other guys aren't, let somebody else pick whoever you pick who you got it for. If you're not sure which way to go, which is what it seems like the Browns are. It doesn't seem like they're totally sold on a guy or the other one because here we are a day out and there is no reports of who they're drafting. There is no contract done. There is no like we've already negotiated this and we know who our guy is. So if that's the case, go with the short thing, which is Saquon Barkley or the Chubb guy. Well, I think a couple things based on what you just said. The reason that they haven't talked about, hey, this is our guy and we've been negotiating with him, uh, is because the way the rookie contracts are now, they're a lot more 
boilerplate depending on where you go in the draft. And so it's not as important as it used to be seven or eight mm-hmm. years ago to get your number one overall pick done because there's not as much wiggle room. There's not as much to negotiate. So they aren't wor- worried as much as they used to be about drafting a guy number one and then having him hold out through camp. Also, I will say, I actually do think that they have a consensus first pick. And I think we're going to hear about it here probably today or maybe tomorrow. It's going to get leaked. But I'm not sure if it's the guy that I think they're going to take to see if somebody will take the bait and trade with them. Yeah. And then be able to trade back and still get the guy they want. Or if they don't think that's going to be possible, if they're going to just put it out there pretty soon, start leaking it to media people that they like. Hey, this is the guy we actually like and it is legitimate. So I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but I definitely think they have a guy that in mind is the consensus first pick and it's going to be a quarterback in my opinion. Um, let, let me ask you this. So if the Browns did go with, let's let's say Chubb number one, do you think it should be Chubb or Barkley at number one then? Ah, see, that's a tough part. See, I wouldn't think – I would say Barkley. I feel like he's more the short thing. I think Chubb is great. I don't. I think he's a short thing as well. But it excites me to think about Miles Garrett and Bradley Chubb wrecking the lives of AFC North quarterbacks for the next four years together. Like, like if you can get to the quarterback, it makes a lot of things on defense easier. It makes a lot of things on offense easier because you know you're getting back on the field quicker. Your your DBs don't have to be that great in coverage. You can like change your defense around if you have two guys that's like, yo, these guys are going to be hard for a right tackle to block. And I say right tackle because if you put good on good on the left side, the other side is the side that gets exposed. So that's why I, I would be excited specifically to the Browns of getting Chubb. Now, we've talked about this before. Saquon Barkley is a guy that's going to get 20 touches a game no matter where he goes because he's that kind of talent. And, you know, you say you, you run, what, 55 plays in a game? If you have a guy that you know is going to touch the ball 20 times and make an impact, that's also another short thing and a good way to go. So it's hard for me to say which one um, as it pertains specifically to the Cleveland Browns. I like what you're saying about Bradley Chubb. It's something that I've been saying for a couple months, and I don't pretend to be one of these gurus. You know, there's a handful of draft gurus out there, and then there's uh, 10,000. Yeah, then there's 10,000 other guys who don't know a fucking thing about the draft but claim that they're a guru. And they put out 100 mock drafts. Uh, but anyways, I've been saying that Bradley Chubb was a great fit for the Browns even before he was going to be a consensus top five guy because of the things that you just said. He's an incredible – and to be able to take him and put him with Miles Garrett, that's going to be a really scary defensive line. You look at what Miles does, and then also a couple of the other guys that the Browns currently have, like uh, Ogba and Carl Nassib, a couple guys that can rush the passer from defensive end. On third down, Miles Garrett is actually a better pass rusher over the guard on third down than he is over the mm. defensive end. If you remember back, uh, let's see, the Giants in like 2007, they had a kick-ass defensive line. Now, we need our researchers to go back and look at the names of those three guys because I can't remember a single name. It's uh, Straight hand, JPP. No, it, Strahan, was he there? It was, it, JPP wasn't there. It was uh, um, the guy who did the Subway commercials with the deep voice. <laughs> I can't remember. Robert Griffin. Yes, that was him. It was Jared <laughs> from Subway. No, shit. I can't believe it. I didn't even think I, we were going to talk about this, so I didn't look back on it. But, but go ahead. We'll, 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 the researchers are hey. on it. You go ahead and finish. So anyways, what they did to beat the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl was – 
they put their best defensive end in over the guard, and he just wrecked havoc because you get these big sloppy guards on the inside, and they can't move, and now all of a sudden they have to block a guy who's 255, 260 pounds, who's, uh-huh. who's greased lightning on the inside, and they can't do it. And when you're a guard, you you have some problems on the inside when you're dealing with those quick guys because you can't get help as easily as you can, you know, let's say as a tackle or as uh, a couple of these other positions on the offensive line, like a center or, or right or left tackle. But, uh, but anyways, so if you put Miles inside over the guard on third down, and then you've got Chubb at one end, probably over the right tackle, and then you put Agba or Nassib over the left tackle, that's a really tough line to handle because now you've got, like you mentioned, a lesser tackle at right tackle playing against Chubb. You've got mm-hmm. one of your guards is screwed all of a sudden because he's got Miles Garrett on him and you have to double team that guy. So then you get right. Nassib or Agba one-on-one. And then now you've got a one-on-one matchup over your right guard. So it creates a lot of matchup problems. And I think if they can get him at four, that would be a fantastic coup. Maybe they do have to take him at number one because they are worried that somebody like the Giants is going to take Chubb there before they get a chance again at number four. But uh, it's going to be fun. That top of the draft, there's so many different things that can happen, and it all kind of dominoes from what the Browns do at number one. Yeah. The crack research team here got the answer for you, Joe. OCU Manura. Thanks. OCU Manura. Yes. JPP. He was a beast. JPP. And Justin Tuck had two sacks in the Super Bowl. Justin Tuck. Yes, Justin Tuck. He was the guy that, like, basically was the MVP outside of – Obviously, I think Eli was the guy that won the MVP. But Justin Tuck, man, he was a problem all night for that Patriots offensive line. And he gave Brady hell because the fastest way to the quarterback is right up through the middle. And typically guys that are the top echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL, like the Brady's and the Manning's and the Phillip Rivers, those are guys that they don't care about the pressure off the edges. It's the pressure up the middle because they're going to get back to seven yards and they're going to step up through and in the pocket, and then they can move. But if they're getting pressure in their face, they have a lot of a lot of problems. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's all. I know you know all about There's one thing I love. It's, it's lineman talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> this literally all show. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, uh, let's transition now. Let's get into our 10-pick our, our mock draft. About time for some fun here. Yeah, so we're going to do – so NFD is going to play uh, Roger Goodell, and he is going to moderate and make <laughs> You <laughs> suck. <laughs> Here we go. We're gonna so we're gonna peak. We're gonna pick like we are the actual teams that are in the order of the draft. Correct? That is correct. Yes. That's how mock. That's how mock drafts go. Okay. I know you're a big media star, but that's how they do it in the mock draft world. <laughs> in the mock draft world. All right. Let's put let's put Joe on the clock for the first pick. Joe Thomas representing the Cleveland Browns. You are on the clock. All right. So I got 15 minutes to stay talk with my general manager. <laughs> All right. I've talked. <laughs> minutes, minutes seconds or seconds. Clock. All right. So I'm going to tell them what I think they should do, which is I think they should draft Josh Rosen. I'll tell you why. He's the most talented. He's the smartest guy. He's the most NFL ready. And his only mm. knock against him is that he's too smart and he's got too much confidence. I don't understand <laughs> that. Like all these other great quarterbacks in the NFL, it's good to be really smart and really confident. But somehow this uh, kid out of California – who's a 21 or 22-year-old kid, it's bad to be smart and confident. So right. I think they should pick Josh Rosen. But what well, I speaking think of, they will do – What? Stop cutting me off, NFT. It's my moment I in the I thought sun. you were done. The, the, the pick was in. I thought we were moving on to the next one. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of too smart and too confident, 
Andrew Hawkins is on the clock with the New York Giants oh, pick number yeah. two. All right. I like that. All right. So we're cutting, right. we're cutting Joe off, and we're going with the, the Giants. So I'm the Giants. I'm taking kind of what we talked about, Bradley Chubb, DN, NC State, because, like you said, the Giants are best when they have their pass rush. I think Eli has enough of the tank. They don't need to go quarterback. I was on the fence about grabbing Saquon, um, but they have Odell, and he is like – a face because Saquon would be the perfect face for the for the New York Giants. We got Odell. We're going to pay Odell. We're going to go with Bradley Chubb with the second overall pick. I can't argue too much with that. Joe with a third pick representing the New York Jets. You are on the clock. So I believe since I took Josh Rosen with the number one pick, that that leaves Baker Mayfield still on the clock. Still on the board. Has to and be the he, guy, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So Baker Mayfield is still on the board, and I believe the New York Jets will select and should select Baker Mayfield. But let me make this caveat since NFD cut me off last time. (laughs) I actually think the Browns will take Baker Mayfield number one. I do too. Yeah, that's everything I've heard. I think Baker Mayfield's the guy. Reading the tea leaves, hearing the things that – John Dorsey says about Baker Mayfield, what he wants in his quarterback. I think he will take Baker Mayfield. But this is not John Dorsey's mock draft. This is the Tomahawk mock draft. And the New York Jets will select Baker Mayfield with the third pick in the NFL draft. Sorry, Roger. Which would be, which would be perfect because he'll get to be mentored by Josh McCown. Yes. All right, so now we're number four. Right, that is MD? the Cleveland Browns once again. But this time, it's Mr. Hawkins on the clock. Yeah, so now I'm the Cleveland Browns. Um, so we picked Josh Rosen first overall, so we got our quarterback. Now this goes back to our original conversation. That's why I put Bradley. If you notice, I said to the two guys I liked in the draft, and my two first picks in my mock, they're off the board. So I'm going with Saquon at number four, a guy you're going to give 20 to 25 touches to. He catches the ball like a wide receiver. He squats like 7,000 pounds. He ran a 2-2 in the 40. He, he really he's can't stronger go stronger than Joe dude. Thomas. Yes, he's stronger than Joe Thomas. He's faster and quicker than Andrew Hawkins. His face is even less descriptible than <laughs> NFD. Um, less so offensive. His face is less offensive than NFD. That's great. Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley at number four. All right. So the Buffalo Bills. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Did I take your. Moment in this, yeah, you're in this taking there, Roger. Moment here. Well, you did because you've actually said the wrong team. It's actually the Denver Broncos on the clock with the fifth pick. Unless you're making a trade in the Tomahawk mock. Oh, good point. Yeah. Broncos. All right. The Denver Broncos. Their pick is in. Josh Allen, quarterback from Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. You're going QB. So Joe has only picked QB so far, just to point that out. Yeah. For a guy who thinks hey. about not knowing QBs, he is – I, obviously, I can like a quarterback guru. I know a good one when I see one. I don't mind it, though. Although the, the corner from, from the Denver Broncos, Chris Harris, came out and said he didn't want them to pick a quarterback, which means he probably wants to continue to lose. <laughs> <laughs> He's because, a quarterback, so he'll be on the street. They want, is he saying he wants Osweiler still? Is he, that what he, he wants? Brock must have paid him off before that comment. All right, moving on to the sixth pick. We got the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Hawkins on the clock. Okay, so the Colts. All right, we don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck. I understand that. I'm actually a Jacoby Brissett fan. I've seen him in action. When I was at the Patriots for 26 hours, 
<laughs> I thought to myself, like, man, even their third stringer is pretty damn good. And he is. But his problem is they can't protect him. So I'm going to go offensive line here. And I'm going to pick offensive guard Quentin Nelson <laughs> from Notre Dame. I'll give you – I'll, I'll, I'll give you $1,000 tomorrow morning if you can tell me <laughs> which guard Quentin Nelson plays, left or right. They got 10 seconds. Right guard. <laughs> no way. He's the left guard. <laughs> That's he awesome. 50, 50 you lost. Right. You suck. Hey, he'll be playing right guard for us. That's all that matters. Joe is now on the clock representing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the seventh overall pick. So we know Tampa Bay has a quarterback. They got Jameis Winston. They're probably not going to draft one of those guys. So this is one of those picks where I could see them trading down with somebody, right? Because there's a lot of quarterback needy teams behind them that might fall in love with somebody and trade up. A la the Cardinals could be. Are you turning in the paperwork for a trade right now? I, I am not going to go that crazy, but I think it might happen here. But I'm going to just say if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select. In this position, they're going to select Denzel Ward, quarterback, Ooh. Ohio State. All right. So the Buccaneers. Hey, for to double down on your bet, if you know which side corner he plays, I'll double the compensation to you. <laughs> You're going to give me $2,000? Yes. He is a right corner. No way. There's no way to do a right corner. It's probably boundary field. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. Well, whatever you said, it was going to be the opposite. Exactly. So what is, uh, where, where are we at here? We got the eighth pick, the Chicago Bears. Ah, oh, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears. All right. Um, they got themselves a pretty good quarterback last year. The Bears got a pretty good QB last year, so we're not going there. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go back-to-back corners. You started the, the run of the corners, and I'm going go with uh, – Alexander, I don't know his first name because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> he was a cornerback from Louisville, but he's like the, the second race. There's like three guys who is Ward, Alexander, and the Josh Jackson kid out of Iowa who are like the top corners going into the draft. I'm going to go with the kid from Louisville. NFD, I mean, Roger Goodell, could you please say the full name of Mr. Alexander for the uh, record? Mr. Al- Mr. Alexander was selected by the Chicago Bears and Andrew Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> putting, oh, putting the San Francisco 49ers and Joe Thomas on the clock. All right. Excellent. We got some insight here. We got insight. You got some insight, I'm saying. For the 49ers, oh, the, you know, like, you know what their coordinator does. You know what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing Kyle Shanahan as well as I do, I think he's probably not going to draft an offensive lineman because he feels that you can get value in the later rounds or in free agency smaller, faster guys that can fit into his system. He's not going to go crazy drafting an offensive lineman really high. They don't need a quarterback because obviously they traded for Garoppolo uh, last year. Now I'm going to go with Derwin James, who's a safety from Florida State because I think he wants to improve that defense. Mm. That's a, a little bit of an area of weakness with the 49ers right now, so I'm going with Derwin James. Okay. Derwin James at nine, safety. All right. And now you got the last one. Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. So here's what I know. Oakland Raiders at number 10. We don't really have like super glaring glaring needs for the Oakland Raiders. Like obviously there's some. 
but there's an opportunity here. So the, the Dolphins pick 11. I feel like the Dolphins are going to try to jump into the quarterback market. So what I'm going to do as a raid is I'm going to make a trade here. You got to trade. And I'm going to trade with the Cardinals for the 10th overall pick who are in desperate need of a quarterback. I don't even know if they have a quarterback on the roster right now. Oh, yeah, they do. Who'd they sign? They signed someone in free agency. They got rid of Drew Stanton. They got rid of Drew Stanton. They signed, was it? Uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Oh, so he, uh, he gets hurt every other year. Not wishing anything on him. Yeah, he's, he's not someone you can you can kind of depend on. So we're gonna go with a with a young guy. We have Rosen's off the board. Allen's off the board. Mayfield's off the board. Mayfield's off the board. So the big five that leaves Lamar Jackson and who else? Sam Darnold has not been. Oh my yet. goodness! How did we forget him? Yes, yes of course. <laughs> Sam Darnold. We're going Sam Darnold. That's a good pick. I almost forgot about it. So it's going to be Sam and Sam training camp battle in Arizona. Sam Darnold pick number 10 to the Arizona Cardinals. All right. NFD, what do you got? You guys are pretty bad at this. So (laughs) I know you guys are are both big superhero fans. So I think we should switch gears here and do a superhero mock draft instead. Where you guys will actually know what you're talking about because I know you're both huge superhero fans. Oh, man. So now once we're getting to these later picks, I know you guys don't really know what you're talking about. Let's go. Superhero mock draft. Hawk is up first. Go. All right. First overall pick. I'm going with uh, Black Panther for obvious reasons. That's racist. No, it's not. <laughs> You're biased. The obvious reason You're biased. is because he has vibranium. <laughs> and that means he's durable. Vibranium, you never get hurt. And it's kind of the salt of the earth. So I'm going with Black Panther out of Wakanda University. So in a way, pick. Black Panther's like the Joe Thomas of superheroes because in 10, Basically, 10, 10 and a half snaps. years, it took uh, 10,000 plus snaps before my elbow snapped. So <laughs> it's going to exactly. blow up soon. Yeah, so Black Panther's got like exactly. nine and a half more years. You could use some yeah. vibranium. Uh, that would have been helpful. So because uh, I'm sure, as all Tomahawk fans know, I don't know a thing about superheroes, not even one thing. The only thing I know is that Superman was born in Cleveland, so I'm going with Superman number two overall. Okay, nice. <laughs> all right, with the third overall pick, I'm going to go with uh, Invisible Woman. For, I mean, it's going to be hard to tackle someone who's invisible, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with Invisible Woman with the third overall pick. Joe? I, I, I can't wait to see Joe scramble to try to figure out Super <laughs> Uh Yeah, I am scrambling big time. I'm going to go with Thor. He's like real strong, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a Norse uh, god. <laughs> Paul Kruger. I, he was a good pass rusher when we had him and when he was with Baltimore. So I think Thor would be a great pass rusher. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, third pick. I was going to go with Batman, but... Batman doesn't really have any superpowers. He's like a regular dude. He like kind of just fights. So that's not going to help. He's got us. gadgets. He's got gadgets though. He does. Um, I'm going to go with Flash. You know. Oh, that was not not, not Josh Gordon, the real Flash. And um, yeah, I think I'm I'm building a team right now whose skill players are top notch. That's that's a good point. All right, I'm going with uh, Professor X. He's going to be like a player. Oh, that was a horrible. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a player coach. You know, he's really smart. He's really good at training his players. So he's he's going to be like my on the field coach slash player. 
I'm so excited about this because the feedback we got after our flag football draft, our five-man teams, was overwhelmingly in your favor. And I feel like right now my superhero team is going to kick your superhero <laughs> team's ass. All right, so wh- what pick are we at? Seven, right? Yeah. All right, Um, seventh pick. I'm going to go with Hawkman. Who? Hawkman. Um, I don't really know what his powers or ability is. <laughs> But his name is Hawkman, like and name. I would feel like it's super on brand to draft him. That happens all the time. People draft guys just because of nepotism. So <laughs> I'm going with Hawkman. I think the, the it's starting to skew more back in Joe's favor now. No, no, no. Here, here we go. I got the power for Hawkman. Hawkman uses a fictional ninth metal to defy gravity so the guy can fly. There you go. So I got an invisible. Well, I mean, he's a hawk, obviously. I got a guy who can fly. I got the fastest man on earth. I got an invisible woman, and I have a guy who has vibranium. I feel like I'm in the lead here. Eighth pick, balls in your court, Joe. So this one will be easy for me. I'm going with the Hulk. Clearly, he'd be a great offensive lineman, great defensive lineman, good two-way guy. He's like a short yardage back. You give him the ball in third and one, and he's powering through anybody. He's like the refrigerator Perry, but more jacked and uh, less flappy. So I'm going with Hulk. And uh, I'm really happy about that. That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Okay. Now I feel like I need to add an offensive lineman. What is the rock guy's name who's made up of, like, of all rocks? <laughs> <laughs> from, from the Avengers. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm going to go with the modern-day superhero. I'm going to go with LeBron at number 10. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go at 6'8", 260 pounds, the way that guy moves. Are you serious? That is a superhero. I would take LeBron over Batman any day. Without gadgets, LeBron will kick Batman's ass. So I'm going with LeBron with the ninth overall pick. Excellent. I think uh, LeBron is fantastic, but uh, he doesn't fly. So that really hurts your roster. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go with Wolverine. You have a guy in a wheelchair, bro. Yeah, he's smart. (laughs) He's he's great, like, diagnosing plays. You don't think LeBron can guard (laughs) Professor X? I got Wolverine. He's my last pick. He's got those knives in his hands. If anybody gets near Professor X and tries to mess him up, he'll just <laughs> slash him to bits. And then I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Wolverine, and he's got great chest hair. So nobody's going to want to guard him because of all that nappy <laughs> chest hair he's got. I think it's a clear mismatch against the weak ass Hawkman guys. Bro, <laughs> you have no one on your team who can guard for. You can make the case that the Hulk and Black Panther would be kind of a wash because he has vibranium, which absorbs any hit the Hulk has. The Hulk is your best football player. One of your guys is in a wheelchair, and the other one doesn't have any powers either. He has knives. So Wolverine is like another regular guy. Yeah, so LeBron doesn't have knives, but he's got lots of chest hair. LeBron LeBron has more power than two of your superheroes. LeBron does not have knives, but he's got great chest hair. So the chest hair is a wash between him and Wolverine. But Wolverine's got knives, so he clearly beats LeBron. Hawks guys just need to carry kryptonite with them to cancel out Superman. Yeah, Superman's easy. All I got to do is put kryptonite on people's gloves. All right, we're going to leave this to the fans. The fans, let us know on Twitter whose superhero team is the better team and who, who would win the matchup between the five that, that Joe has drafted and the five that I have drafted. To recap, Joe got Superman, Thor, Professor X, Hulk, and Wolverine. Hulk went with Black Panther, Invisible Woman, Flash, 
Hawkman, and LeBron James. I love it, dude. Like, I have the fastest white guy on earth. You have no <laughs> black people on your team. That's, that's pretty messed up. That's totally one. racist. No, man, you have no speed. Yeah, no like, speed. <laughs> oh. You have no speed on your team Superman, at all. What are your guys? Guy. Dude, I got a guy in a wheelchair. I don't need speed. <laughs> Grounded <power. laughs> Professor X, he's so much smarter. You can't tackle a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Oh, not on my team. All right, so we'll let the fans decide. All right. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. All right, so we're done with the superhero draft. Moving on. Draft day stories. Joe, we know you went fishing. Everyone in the damn world knows you went fishing. You got any other good stories for us around the draft? Um, yeah, I'll give you one story. So after I got drafted, I was fishing with my dad, of course. I'm sure nobody's heard that one before. I could <laughs> revisit that if Hawk is interested, but it seems like he might not be. Uh, I got off the boat. We did a couple local media interviews. I think maybe ESPN or NFL Network was there to get kind of my reaction right away after I got drafted. And then I got in the car, went home, kind of got my things together. I think I, I got a suit together, put a suit on, and got like an overnight bag because I was going to fly to Cleveland the very same day. So uh, it was funny because Randy Lerner had his private jet in New York. They picked up Brady Quinn and his family in New York, flew to Milwaukee to like the private airport in Milwaukee, picked me up, and then flew to Cleveland. And the one thing that is an image that's burned in my brain forever, as everyone knows, Brady Quinn dropped in the draft that day. He was supposed to be potentially the number one pick. It was either him or Jamarcus Russell or Calvin Johnson. The Raiders went with Jamarcus Russell. Mm -hmm. Then Brady dropped all the way to like the early 20s where the Browns traded back up with the Dallas Cowboys and drafted Brady Quinn. And it was like a precipitous drop. He stood and sat for four hours in the green room sweating. He had his girlfriend with him, and she was trying to, like, console him throughout the whole time. It was, like, an incredibly stressful event. Meanwhile, I'm out there on the lake fishing, having a great time. So, anyway, <laughs> so, so, so Randy Lerner <laughs> picks us up on, on the private airport in, in uh, Milwaukee. And so me and I think uh, my wife came with me. We get on the plane. And it's one of these massive private jets. And it's so big, there's like a, a couch and three or four seats. And then there's like a big divider. And then there's some more seats in the back of the plane. So it's like you can have two families on the plane and you they wouldn't even know each other. Well, we get on the plane and there's Brady like in the back. He's already kind of posted up with his family. And he's already flown all the way from New York after like the longest day of his entire life. And... I get on the plane and, you know, it was, I think maybe the second time I met him because I played with Brady at the All-America game in high school. But uh, I just remember getting on that plane and his tie was all disheveled. Like he, <laughs> he just spent all day trading on Wall Street and on the day of the Great Depression, Black, Black Thursday. <laughs> and he's like just covered in sweat. He stinks 
because he's been sweating for five hours. Like everybody in the family is all disappointed. And I just felt so bad for him. And it was an especially sad feeling knowing that I was so happy because I wanted to go to Cleveland. I was really happy they drafted me third overall. And I had to really kind of like hide my emotions a little bit because of how disappointed Brady was and how happy we were in the front of the plane. Um, But we ended up getting to Cleveland and we both had a press conference. And I think once we got there, we had the press conference. Brady was a kid from Columbus. He grew up a Browns fan. So he was happy about it in the end. Uh, But it was just a really interesting dichotomy when I got on that plane and there's uh, Brady looking like he did in the back and me all happy with my fresh suit on. <laughs> did they stick him in the back of the plane or was, did he walk back there himself? You know, it's funny. He got on and he tried to sit in the front and uh, Mr. <laughs> Lerner was like, sorry, this seat is reserved for the Thomas family. You're the second pick in the first round. You guys got to go to the back of the plane. It's you know. a cold world to be sitting on coach, sitting in coach on a private plane. Yeah, yeah, we were on the G five, and he was a coach. <laughs> That's funny, man. I wish I had cool draft day stories, but I didn't get drafted. Uh, I, oh. I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. It's funny, like leading up to the draft process. Like I said, I knew it was a long shot that I would even literally sign an undrafted free agent contract, which I didn't. I ended up going to rookie minicamp with the Browns, and one thing I remember is coming into the facility. And you walking by, and there was like this a, a crowd of like three people, just literally like minions, walking you all over the facility in the off season because you were some big shit walking around. And and I was I remember thinking like, damn, that dude is so paid, I bet. But yeah, that's what I remember <laughs> you in rookie minicamp. But anyway, leading up to the draft, I knew I wasn't getting drafted. I knew it was a long shot that I would sign undrafted free agent. So it was like me and a buddy just sitting there watching it in his apartment, and one of his roommates, another friend of mine, Brett Kern who is actually a punter for the Tennessee Titans, a pro bowler, been in the league for 11 years now. He was uh, my friend's roommate, uh, and and his family was there. So it was like him and his family watching the draft because he was a punter that was supposed to get drafted. I was his gunner that year, and he was up for the the Ray Guy Award, and he offered to fly me to the, um, to the ceremony because I was the guy making all the tackles and, and getting the first – the, the fair catches, which made his average through the roof. So we had a good relationship, but his whole family's there. He doesn't get drafted. They're not really disappointed because I think the Broncos called like right away and ended up paying him like he was a seventh round pick. But they were all like, oh, Andrew, what are you, you know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, hey guys, just, just chilling. They were like, yeah, wh- so what are you going to do next? Like, where are you going to get your job at? <laughs> so I had to literally fake like I didn't have any interest in playing professional football because I didn't want to be like, go through the, the song and dance of like, oh, no, I'm going to play. They're like, yeah, but nobody's calling you kind of thing. <laughs> Nobody wants you. So I'm uh, like, yeah, I'm going into marketing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to be good. I got some internships lined <laughs> up. And, so that, was, that was my draft day oh, experience. Man. That's funny. Now, Hawk, when you're watching that draft, do you are you noticing what receivers get drafted? Can you right now go back and tell us what receivers were picked in that draft? I can name a good amount of them. I remember, I think Donnie Avery was the first one off the board. Um, and that was in the second round. That was in the second round. Deshaun Jackson, I think, was a, was a draft pick that year. Um, Devin Thomas at a Michigan State was a guy everybody was raving about. There's a, I, don't, I can't name them all, but I want to say there may be five receivers out of that draft, and I think there might have been 20, signed, 20 drafted or something like that. Maybe five. 
under five had a better career than me, and I w- didn't even get in the league for three years. Well, there's a couple that I, I looked up at the ones that were drafted. Jordy Nelson was drafted. Yeah, he was. He was a late round pick too. Yeah, Pierre Garcon was drafted. Uh huh. Late there round guy. There was one. One big undrafted guy as well, other than you. Amendola. Yeah, Danny Amendola. Yep, Danny Amendola. So it was like Amendola, Jordy Nelson, Pierre Garcon, and Deshaun Jackson yep. were guys that were like maybe Eddie Royal was that year. Eddie Royal might have been a year before, but there was like four guys who had better careers than me. So if we go back to that draft, I probably would be a third-round pick. Who was the biggest bust in your draft? Ah, like of any position? Any position and then quarterback. Jeez, I don't even know. I can't even remember, man. Like, it was that long ago. What was it, 2008? Yeah. That's amazing that I can't remember any of the positions. I remember the receivers for obvious reasons. Um, well, I remember the, the start of that draft was Jake Long, Chris Long, and then Matt Ryan. Yep. Yep, those are the three. So those are actually pretty good picks, right? Um, who else was in that draft? I'll tell you, the it. biggest bust, in my opinion, in that draft is Vernon Golston. Ohio State, outside the linebacker ah, yeah. defensive end. He was drafted sixth overall, and he did not pan out whatsoever. Uh, everybody else, when you look in that top five until you get to Golston, had at least like a decent career, able to like have a decent career. Obviously, yeah. I think Matt Ryan was probably the best pick in that top five. He's having a Pro Bowl career at the most important position in sports. Uh, but everybody else at least had some sort of impact until you get to uh, Vernon Golston. Yeah. And I mean, to be a bust, don't you have to be like a – could you be a bust as a second round pick? Like you have to be a first rounder to, to truly be a bust, right? I would say you can still be a bust as a second round pick if you just don't contribute at all. But the bar is a little bit lower to contribute as a second round pick to not be considered a bust. But look at this. I think 2008 may have even been the draft that there was no receivers drafted in the first round. Yep. And still Andrew Hawkins. We already said that if you were listening. No, I wasn't. And Andrew Hawkins still was not drafted. <laughs> right. Here's a list of receivers that were drafted that year. We got Donnie Avery, uh, Devin Thomas, Eddie Royal was in that draft, Jerome Simpson, Deshaun Jackson, Malcolm Kelly, Dexter Jackson, who was a second rounder out of Appalachian State, um, Earl Bennett, Early Doucette, Harry Douglas. He had a, actually a really good career. And actually, Mario Manningham had a good career. Mario Manningham had a good career. Okay, maybe I was a little off. Andre Caldwell was in that draft. William Franklin, Marcus Smith, um, Lavelle Hawkins. I Your wasn't even the LaVelle. first Hawkins taken. Yeah, how about that? That's a slap in the face. <laughs> Ar- Armand Shields, Kenneth Moore, uh, Matt Slater, special teams ace. Yeah, Marcus Henry, Josh Morgan. That, that was like a really receiver week draft. And and yet still. Now, when you're going through, when you're going through your journey that you know got you to the NFL, are you paying attention to these guys though? Like you're like Kenneth Moore. This guy was drafted. I'm way better than him. I should be in that spot. <laughs> it's actually funny. Actually, I don't even know if I should say this on air, but I, that, but having said that, now I have to. So Kenneth Moore was a fifth round receiver, and Kenneth Moore was a great college football player. He was like a returner, but he was shorter. He was like five ten. He was super stocky. He might have been like two oh five or even bigger than that. Well, that year, like I said, I was a scout for the Detroit Lions. Like, so I interned there, and Kenneth Moore was a fifth-round pick to the Lions. So kind of watching the Lions practice is like how I went back into playing football because I seen the receivers there, and I'm like, dude, I know I'm better. With the exception of Calvin Johnson, like, I'm just as good as anybody here. And that's what made me, like, continue to chase the football dream. But Kenneth Moore was a fifth-rounder. 
And I remember telling people like, Yo, I can't believe this guy is a fifth rounder over me. And it wasn't because he was super bad. It's just that when you don't get drafted, you think guys who do get drafted are like, like larger than life, you know, indestructible specimens because I didn't even get a sniff. Like I didn't even get a call for like undrafted <laughs> anything. So I'm thinking everybody is Calvin Johnson. So when I seen that dude, I'm like, yo, I'm better than him. And it wasn't because he was bad. It was just because I was a lot better than everybody realized. I was like, he's one of the reasons why I was like, okay, no, I got to go get this, man. Like, if that's a fifth round draft pick, I could play in the NFL. So there you go. That's, you know, who, there you you go. know who else went in the fifth round that year? A fan yeah. of the Tomahawk show, Mr. Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage got drafted over me. This is bull. <laughs> <laughs> Gary is the man. I didn't realize Gary was that draft. He is as old as I am. I hey, guess. Gary Barnage made a Pro Bowl, guys. That's that's more than we can say no. about my uh, co-host and NFD here. I didn't even sniff a Pro Bowl. Oh, Gary was the man. Gary's one of those guys. It, it, Gary's career amazes me because he went his whole life without catching any passes. And then just, boom, goes for 1,000 yards. <laughs> like, I didn't know. He literally had 10 catches, I think, going into, like, his seventh NFL season. Yeah. Amazing. All right, what do we got next, NFD? Let's transition to some NFL news. Uh, Julio Jones deleted all of his Falcons information from his Instagram. What's your guys' mm. take on that? I know, Joe, you're a big Instagram guy. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you know, after searching uh, Instagram that day, uh, I realized that this is different for the Falcons because uh, Julio Jones, obviously, maybe their first or second best player, uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL. and. Uh, when a guy goes ahead and does that on Instagram, it's it's a big cause for alarm because that's making a big statement for these millennials. Exactly. That's why I loved it because it was like he followed the the middle school let your girl know you're pissed off guy. <laughs> right? So step one, you delete all your photos <laughs> together to let her know that you don't care about the memories oh. at all. Right? Ouch. Step two is you unfollow all your mutual friends or your teammates, quote unquote. To let her know that, look, I don't even want to be associated with people who remind me of you. Uh, the step three was you switch your account to private because you don't even want to see what I'm about to get into. And then after he switched it to private, he made it public again. Because on second thought, I do want you to see this because you're about to be in for an emotional roller coaster. And then step five was skip voluntary workouts, which has nothing to do with a middle school girlfriend, but they all had the same result, which is make a hundred million dollars, which is all this is about. I want money, essentially. Well, clearly he deserves a huge paycheck. Um, he's getting a big paycheck. The question is, will the Falcons crumble or will Julio crumble first? And I, I feel like Julio is not underpaid enough to be able to really put his foot down and say like, I am just not going to show up. I'm not going to show up for training camp, and I'm not doing anything until you give me a new contract. Only guys that do that are ones that are just grossly over un, underpaid, and they absolutely cannot play anymore on that contract. Where Julio is a well-paid receiver. He may not be paid up to where his value is, but it's not like he's getting paid yeah. in the bottom 10% of the league for being a receiver. I mean, you got to look at it like this. Julio is a one in what 15 year talent. 
Like I would say the best receiver before Julio is what Calvin Johnson. And you could probably make the argument of who ends up being the better guy at the end. And then Randy Moss, uh, Jerry Rice, like he's in that group of receivers, which is like Tom Brady, right? So if Tom Brady says, yo, I want to be the highest paid quarterback, no one's going to be like, oh, man, Tom, you're tripping. Like he's a generational type of talent. I'm not saying Julio to this point is Tom Brady, but I think he's the consensus best receiver in the NFL. And anytime he starts to argue, yo, I should be paid like that, for me, and maybe it's a little wide out biased, I feel like it's hard to argue. Like, yes, give the man his money. He makes, what, $15 million a year? Yeah, I, and, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be the highest paid guy in the league, but he signed his contract just a few years ago, and he's very well compensated. So I just don't, I don't think he has much ground to stand on right now. I don't know, man. I don't know. I might have to argue that. Well, clearly a receiver bias there. I, hey, I love receivers. I think they're worth it. And I think he's probably, like there's you said, certain guy, like, he's I worth think, being the highest I think he should have a clause in his contract where it says, there's, I, I can never make, I can never not be in the top five receivers paid. Hey, that would be a great idea when he was a free agent doing his last contract. <laughs> but he just signed his contract recently. He could have put all that in there. But him and his agent didn't properly anticipate where the receiver market was going to go. And, you know, sorry, that's, that's not the team's fault. Here's a list of receivers who make more than Julio Jones. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Adams. Some good names on there. Odell Beckham coming soon. Yeah, Odell's about to blow them all out of the water. And maybe this is a preemptive strike from Julio Jones because he knows Odell's about to get $19, 20000000 million a year, and then his contract's going to look a little bit more like an outlier where it should be right up there with Odell. Yeah. Interesting to say the least, man. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that's what this is about. He just wants his money. I'm all for it, man. People don't want to hear that, but you only have a small window to get this kind of stuff done. And Julio understands that. And he also understands what he means to the Falcons. If the Falcons are smart, just give them an extra, you know, million a year because you're going to pay him that money anyway. So you, you just basically guaranteeing the money you're already getting. He's not asking for $25 million a year. You're paying him, what, fourteen two. So let's say you just redo his deal to where he makes uh, $17 million a year, an extra two a year, which you're already going to pay him. You're just basically guaranteeing the rest of the years in a contract and adding maybe $10 million to it, which is pennies in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it remains to be seen what he wants. If, if all he wants is another million a year, I think that would be easy for them to tack on. But if he's saying, hey, I want to be the highest paid player, that might be a little bit more difficult of a conversation. Yeah. All right, another NFL news. Did you guys hear the story about Jason Kelsey at the Super Bowl party? Super Bowl parade? Is this a joke? Is this like uh, no. the priest, we're, the rabbi, and somebody else walked into a bar? <laughs> no, he told a story that one of his teammates came up to him and said, someone just poured someone's ashes in my hands. I don't know what to do. And he responded, I don't know what to do either. Sounds pretty weird. Do you guys have any weird fan encounters? I have a weird fan encounter. When we were in Cincinnati – and it might actually might have been Cleveland. I don't know. But people would make these, like, cupcakes and bring them. And so when I was young, someone brought me cupcakes, and I ate it, and I got, like, food poisoning. You <laughs> ate a random cupcake from a fan. They poisoned you. Of course. I didn't know. I was like, it was a free cupcake. I was always told, never turn down a free cupcake. Um, <laughs> don't take candy from strangers. <laughs> it was one of the household rules as an adult. Never turn down free cupcakes. 
But yeah, I got food poisoning afterwards. And I always try to wonder, like, was that a coincidence or did they actually try to kill me? You was know? it? Did it happen to be like Mohammed Sanu's uh, family or something like that? They were trying to poison you to get <laughs> yeah. him in the starting lineup? It wasn't an African cupcake from Mohammed Sanu's family. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's really funny. How sick were you? Were you like uh, in bed for a week or did you just have I a little tummy ache? I was, no, it was like a 24-hour thing. Um, I don't want to get too graphic, but you know, you can imagine what happens when you get uh, food poisoning. All of that was was coming, and I, I still had to go to practice too, which sucked. Yeah, but so yeah, that, that was like I think my second year in the league. What about you, Jay? You was any- the cupcake at least good? The cupcake was delicious, which is the most disappointing part because that fan would always come around to all the signings and bring the cupcakes, and I would always take it, but I would never eat it ever again. And I don't wait, so a fan poisoned you. Yeah. And then showed up to multiple other signings yeah, and tried to poison you again. They were like a super fan. So it was like, I don't think they realized they almost killed me. And they were like, they were like it didn't work the first time. This one's really going to kill them. They really yeah. want you to eat it. They probably put double doses in, but I never, I never ate it. I never <laughs> ate it. And AJ, he would all, AJ Green was always the guy we would do like all these signings together. Um, and he would never eat anything from a fan. And before this, I was like taking it all cookies, cupcakes. Uh, you know, snack. If you brought me food, I was eating it. He was like, you're an idiot. And he was right. I was an idiot. <laughs> All right. So, Joe, you got any weird fan encounters? You know, I don't have anything as good as Hawks. Um, but the one thing I do know about fans is they just love their team. And some people, the most important thing in their life is their team. So there's been a number of times where I really haven't had people give me ashes or anything like that but you'll have people send you photos of like you know somebody from a funeral who was wearing your jersey at the funeral because they love the team or um, things of that nature that is a little bit different than you know everyday life but it gives you a sense of how important the team is in somebody's life it's uh you know it's definitely an interesting part about being a professional athlete um which reminds me i see it on twitter Someone got your snap count tattooed on their arm and they want you to officiate their wedding. Are you going to do it? Uh, I'm not ready to comment just yet. I think that's pretty amazing that somebody decided to put it like in a pretty prominent place in their arm too. You know, it wasn't like they put it uh, on their mid-thigh or something where nobody's ever going to see them. I mean, they put that right there front and center, right on their biceps. So um, that was a, that's a next level you dedication. Have to officiate yeah, well, what I think what I was going to do is maybe send – uh, Mr. Hawkins and NFT in my place since I think I have something going on that week, <laughs> but I'm sure they'd love to have you guys as a, that'd be a great runner up. We could do a live broadcast from the wedding. Yeah, that'd That's be like cool. A, That's what maybe we should do a Tomahawk show. Yep. Anyone who gets a Tomahawk tattoo, we will officiate your wedding. That's a good rule of Tomahawk. <laughs> uh, I just said it just now. Speaking, All right, let's, yeah. let's transition here. Let's get some results. Well, before we get to that, Hawk, what is going on with Toledo? Did you see the tweet they put out the other day? I did. It was a little uh, – I'm usually a proud alumni of Toledo. That was a little bit embarrassing. Not so much for – For those who don't know, they put out a tweet that said, if this gets 500,000 retweets, they will change their mascot to a picture of Shrek. It got 100,000, and they deleted it. And according to ESPN, at the time the post was taken down, the tweet was averaging roughly 1,000 retweets a minute. Oh. So they were going to get there. Oh. It was one of those things where they, they, they grossly underestimated the power of the internet. And I don't, I don't even know what the end game was. Like, I don't get it. Like, honestly, right. I'm not embarrassed at the tweet. 
whatever. Like, you know, that was that was the shtick you wanted to go with. What I'm embarrassed at is the the the, the delete. Like, why would you delete it? Like, you got to you got to own that. You know, all you had to do was let it get 500,000 retweets. Say we tried to Disney change. Sue. Yeah. And then DreamWorks sues us. It says you can't be Shrek. And it's like, oh, OK, then we do a Shrek night at all the, the games. But the delete was a cop out. That's that's what I'm embarrassed about. You know, trying to clout chase Shrek. Now we look like the donkey. We're like jackasses. You know? <laughs> Come on, Toledo. We're better than that. We'll bounce back, though. You better believe that, Dan. All right. Let's get to the poll results. I didn't see Wisconsin getting any retweets. Ooh, Joe. Shot at you. Uh, I'm impervious. I don't talk to guys from Toledo. They can't harass me. I went to a grade <laughs> A school in Wisconsin. You were just in Jamaica. <laughs> from Toledo. Well, speaking of Jamaica... We had the poll up. How many beers do you think Joe consumed during the taping of our last show? The options were 1 to 5, 6 to 11, or 12 plus. There were 5 million votes, and 12 plus got 47% of the votes. Oh, my goodness. In a, in a one-hour podcast? <laughs> right. I, I podcast. did sound your, – your speech was slurring. Yeah. So I, I think he had a 6 to 11 is what I voted because uh-huh. I think that's probably your max anyway. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm not the lightweight that Hawk is. <laughs> no, I don't even drink. You don't even drink anything but Mountain Dew. I also got uh, I got made fun of because my drink, when I do have a drink, once in every blue moon, it's a vodka Red Bull. And somebody was like, what are you, 17? I'm like, first off, 17-year-olds can't drink. <laughs> Second yeah. off, I didn't realize that was a childish drink. And so now I got a new drink. It's called a Gold Rush. What's a Gold Rush? A Gold Rush um, – I'm not quite sure. I know old fashions in it. I know it has a splash of of honey and I think lemon juice. To be honest, I don't even know what that would be. I don't, you can you tell me what type of alcohol is in there? Um, an old fashioned. What's an old fashioned? Old fashioned is a drink, but it could be made yeah. with bourbon or whiskey. Um, or it could be brandy. In Wisconsin, it's brandy. Clearly, I'm not a big drinker. I have no <laughs> idea. It could be made with Clorox bleach for all I know. Poison cupcakes. That's just what my new. Yeah, I only did it because it sounded cool. I'm like, that sounds distinguished. A gold rush. Count me in. Yeah. All right. Well, the true answer is I only had four red stripes during the taping of the Tomahawk show. (laughs) Throughout the day, it was it was many more than four. I can I can guarantee that the red stripes were really extra delicious. Sitting out in the sun and you're sweating out more than one beer per five minutes. In our other poll, we asked what our fan base should be called: the Tomahawk Maniacs. Tomaflock and No Face fans. Four million votes on this one. And the winner is Tomaflock. Hmm. Ah, I like it. Okay. That's what I thought would win. Really? That was an early That was favorite. a good one. Yeah, I knew that I like win. No Face fans. Yeah, but that was like a, a write-in from Dan. <laughs> hey, that got 19% of the four million votes. All right, all right. 19? So, what was Tomaflock? Tomaflock was 69%. Yeah, see? So, I mean, we got to shorten it to the flock, right? It's just going to be the flock. No, I yeah. think it should be Tom I like flock. it. No, you got to keep it Tom flock. Because he wants your name in it. Obviously, you want it to be Tom flock. Yeah, of course Joe does. Yeah, Tom flock. Yeah, is exactly. Good. All right, well, there you go. The fans are now known as the Tom flock. All right, so I think that wraps it up for this show. Once again, remember to hop on NFL subreddit and join the Tomahawk. Ask me anything. Noon Eastern time on Thursday. We'll be answering all your questions live and via Reddit. Also, we'll have a draft recap episode that'll drop on Saturday afternoon. Make sure you subscribe, rate this show five stars, and um, as always, Joe Hawk yourself. <laughs> <laughs>